Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our online worship service. Uh, my name is Mitch, and I am so privileged to be with you today. Um, I'm joining you actually from my quarantine realm, right? So if Anthony has his quantum realm, we have our quarantine realm. Now, as most of you all know, due to unavoidable circumstances, we have to move or we actually had to move our worship services online for all of our safety. Now, a handful of our leaders and volunteers, including myself and my family, have actually contracted COVID. But instead of viewing this as a um, opposition, we view this as a blessing, right? Because as most of you will know, we're actually planning to have our online services full-time. No? Every Friday, we will be meeting, not, not online services, rather in-person services. We're planning to have our online, you know, on, in, our in-person services um, continuously, right, starting next week. And um, I would also like to take this opportunity to thank all of you who have been praying and supplying for all our needs, all right? Now, despite the comfort of our home, I would also want to share this with you that we will resume our in-person gatherings starting next week. Uh, let me repeat that. We will resume our in-person gathering starting next week. Okay, There's no more need for us to register. Um, however, for the safety of everyone, we will still be implementing social distancing. We will still be asking all of you um, to put your masks on during the service. Um, and we will also still ask you to register at the at, at at the event itself or in our services itself, right? So I would like to ask you also to invite your family and friends to join us either in our noon service, which starts at 11.30 a.m. And of course, we will now start our afternoon service. Wow, afternoon service, uh, which begins at 1.30 PM. Now, before we begin, if we begin, I'd like to thank uh, Monica, right, who's joining us today, Sophia, Atiweng, and Kuya Eli. Of course, Lawrence is also with us. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Now, in the past five weeks, we have been going through the series entitled Abide. Now, this, uh, this series actually encourages us to explore the beauty and the power of God's Word through the book of John. And who among you have been blessed? No? Who among you have been blessed? If you have been blessed in the five weeks, past five weeks, why don't you send us a heart emoji, right? All right. Uh, no need to register. There's no need to register. So if you are, if you have been blessed in the fa past five weeks with our series, why don't you just send us a heart emoji? Ayon. Thank you so much for sending those heart emojis. And, right, right, one more. Because we have been blessed um, by this five-week series, right? We will also have a small or a virtual room later, right? We will have a virtual room later where we will all gather and, and let's just share our key takeaways so that we can bless one another uh, in those breakout rooms. Anthony, if you can just flash that link for me if you have it. Right. If and if we don't have it right now, we will be make sure to have it posted um, in the comments section later. So look out for that. Right. We will have a breakout room 
after the service, after the preaching of the word, just to talk about our key takeaways in this wonderful series, all right? But before we do that, of course, we still have one week. So I would like to invite you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of John, all right? I'll be reading from chapter 17. We'll be talking mostly from chapter 1 up to chapter 25, but we will only be reading from John chapter 17, verses 11 to 18, all right? And together, Together, why don't you join me as we see God's heart, the heart of Jesus Christ for his disciples through his prayer. Turn your Bibles with me now, John chapter 17, verses 11 to 18. And I'll be reading from the ESV version. Right? Join if you're there. If not, we have a Bible on the screen. Let's read it all together. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Father, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. And these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. Verse 16, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Let's just bow our heads and let's just pray for a bit. Father, we thank you so much for the reading of your word. Father, we are excited, Lord God, to receive your word today. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that the preaching of your word will not just be something that is uh, that will be in our heads and in our minds, Lord but it will be, Lord God, expressed through our lives. Father, let there be transformations today. Let there be encouragement and let there be healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, the verse that I've just read is actually the prayer uh, that Jesus had in his last night with his disciples. It's the last night of Jesus Christ with his disciples. In chapters 13 to 16, John presents Jesus' um, final teachings and exhortations to his disciples after they have celebrated the Passover meal. You know, when, when uh, the Passover meal where um, the disciples asked who would betray him, and Jesus said, it's the person who, has, who, is, who is dipping his bread with me. And um, now, right, John is presenting the prayer that Jesus spoke moments before his betrayal. And, and, and I want you to imagine that with me, right? It's moments before you get your arbitrate. It's moments before um, you're dying or it's moments before you leave your family behind, right? Imagine that with me. And as I was placing myself in that same point of time, I actually asked myself, what if it were my last hours here on earth, right? It, it, it were my last moments with my loved ones, what would have I prayed for them? If I were in that position, I would have poured out all my heart in praying for their safety, growth, and success. Do you agree with me? 
that if it was le- your last hours on earth and you were spending time with your loved ones, you would actually give them your your wishes. You will give them uh, your, your final teachings and then you would also pray for them. And, and I'm sure that most of us would actually pray for their safety, for their growth, and for their success. And of course, their happiness. And when I look back at the text, I, I started to get overwhelmed because I suddenly felt the heart of Christ for his disciples. Both, okay, not just his disciples back then, but even for his future disciples, and that's you and me. Now, this prayer is actually the greatest prayer ever prayed on earth. It's the greatest prayer ever prayed on earth. And it's the greatest prayer ever recorded in the Bible. So when we approach these verses, we have to be to feel privileged to listen and to see the heart of Jesus Christ. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we read the Bible just because we want to learn. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we read the Bible because we need something to share. Sometimes when we read the Bible, we do it because we have a quota to meet. You know, we, we have to read one, one chapter a day or two chapters a day. But this morning, right? This morning, I'd like to invite you that when we read this te- the text, as we approach the text this morning, I would like to invite you to see the heart of Christ for his disciples, not only then, but his disciples today. Because if we just take the time to understand and apply the truth revealed in this prayer, no walls, no challenges, no trials and tribulations will ever overcome us. No difficulty will ever overcome you. If you see the heart of Christ for you, his plans for you, his his love for you, no difficulty on earth will ever discourage you. And because we will know for certain that what Christ has done for us, what he has given us and the purpose he has in store for us, it will encourage us to even abide more in his word. And today's message is not about, you know, me, right? <laughs> Sorry. Today's message is what Christ, is about what Christ has done for us. Today's message is a message uh, of, of what he has done for us. And, and that's why we are in, enjoying what we are enjoying today. Today's message is about him sustaining us. Him sanctifying us and Him sending us on the mission to demonstrate and declare His good news, not only in Bahrain, all right, not only to your household, but to the ends of the earth. And why is that? And I, I just want to remind everyone that the theme of John is so that everyone may come to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. So why don't we begin? Let's begin with verses 11 to 16, where Jesus prayed that the Father would keep that the disciples. Turn your Bibles with me, all right? 11 to 16. And I am no longer in the world, but they, they are in the world. And Jesus talks about him leaving the world, and Jesus' world rather, and, and Jesus going back to the Father. So since... Um, when, when, when Jesus knew that if he left his disciple, that they will face hardships. And so this is his prayer. Holy Father, keep them in your name, right? Which you have given me that they may be one as we are one. Right? 
And he goes on further in verse 12, while I was with them. If you go to verse 12, while I was with them, I kept them. In your name which you have given me, I have guarded them. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction. And we know who that is. But there is a purpose to that so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Now, like a good shepherd, we see how Jesus had our protection in his mind. It's clearly seen in the verses. Jesus had our protection on his mind. Where Jesus begins his first, here Jesus begins his first request for his disciples. And it's not only his disciples back then, but even his disciples now and in the future. If you turn your Bibles to verse 20, he mentions that Jesus, <coughs> sorry, he mentions, uh, verse 20 mentions that Jesus wants the same thing for us today, diba? Verse 20, I do not ask for these only, referring to his disciples, but also for those who believe in me through their word. So this prayer is not just for his disciples. It's also for you and me. And verse 13 tells, says this, but now I am coming to you. Verse 13, now I am coming to you. Jesus is living, leaving them. And these things I speak in the world. And, and this is just a beautiful verse. <laughs> that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I just want to add a short note on this. I wasn't supposed to expound on this, but I just want to add a short note on this. If Jesus was so concerned about the joy of his disciples that he even prayed for it during his last night on earth, we today can be confident that he also is concerned about our joy. Jesus is concerned about your joy. We will go through difficult times, that's true, and in those times, you know, we have to be reminded that God's desire is to multiply our joy and not to take away, take it away from us. The devil would tell lies and say God doesn't want you to experience joy and it's sinful to have joy. But the truth is God wants his joy fulfilled in our lives. And we also have to be reminded of this, right? Verse 14, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Wow. Just as I am not of the world. Being a Christian is one of the best decisions I have ever made. And I'm sure that's one of the best decisions that you've made as well. But if you have been a Christian for some time, you would understand that there is a cost that has to be paid. When we receive Christ who is the living word, right? When we receive Christ who is the living word, the world we live in will hate us. And this is a sad truth because we are no longer of the world. Christ knew that while we were in the world, we will face persecution and rejection. And honestly speaking, there are times when I question why I made that decision to follow Christ. Why? Because it's so hard. It's so hard to let go of the benefits of sin. It's so hard to be in the world but not of the world. They're having fun. I see it in, in I see that they're having fun. But here I am sitting here. It's so hard to be in the world but not of the world. And there are times that we are tempted to go back into the world. But we are not protected by any normal guard. 
We are not protected by, by, by normal people. We are protected by the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Now, if you turn your Bibles back to verse 11 with me, it says here, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. In Scripture, names are not merely used to identify people. Right? Near, names are not merely used to identify Anthony. Names are not merely used to identify Ara. In Scriptures, names are used to, used to identify or speaks, in the Scriptures, names speaks about the character. It, Jesus was talking, Jesus was actually asking God to protect them and us today. When he said, Father, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me. He is asking the God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, the God who created the universe just by speaking the word, and that is the same God who sustains us and strengthens us and protects us against the evil one. Isn't that amazing that even as we toil, as we face hardships, as we face temptations every day, even as we, we face difficulties every day, it is the God who created the universe that is protecting us. And that is the desire of Jesus Christ for the God who created the universe to protect and sustain you and me. By praying to God, Jesus recognizes that God is more powerful than anything on earth, <coughs> including the evil one. Only through him can we overcome the devil. Only through him can we overcome his principalities. Only through him can we overcome the world. Notice that in this section of the prayer, we can clearly see that Jesus wanted us to be in the world, but not of the world. And let's face it, we are in constant war with the world. Just the other week when we were having our, our live groups, this man asked me, what if my boss asked me to lie? What if my boss asked me to cheat? It really made me think, what if? No, what if? What, what would be the harm, that, the harm that, that that would do if they don't follow their boss? And there's always the temptation to be swayed by it, by the benefits of it. To lie on behalf of our employers or friends, to take advantage of the weak and benefit out of them. To unfriend someone because the color of his shirt is different from the color of the candidate you're supposed, we, we support. No? To forget our being Christian and start bashing a candidate because we suddenly became political analysts. It's easy to be swayed by the world, isn't it? But we are protected by the very, very powerful God, by the God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, by the God who created the universe, He is the one who is protecting us from being swayed. He sustains us, strengthens us, and protect us, protects us. But who do we need to be protected from? If it's not clear, for, clear, clear, clear to you right now, who do we need to be protected from? Verse 15 tells us that I do not ask that they take I do not ask that you take them out of the world but you keep them from the evil one. Why? 
Why do we have to be protected from the evil one? Matthew 13, 19 tells this. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away, right? The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. That this is what was sown along the path. Now, there are times when we don't internalize the word of God. I personally experienced this. There are times that I don't internalize the word of God. And I will um, and I will talk more about this. But in those times, the evil one will come and snatch the word that we have received. The evil one can come and snatch the promises that we have received. The evil one can uh, come in ta- and snatch the vision that he, God planted in our hearts. And this is not a something that is the, uh, theoretical. It is actually a daily reality. Temptation, hardships, is a daily reality. It even says it here in verse 16. They are not. Why? Because we are no longer of the world, just as I am not of the world. But notice this. Notice that he did not ask us to be taken out of the world. Have you noticed it? And if Jesus Christ really loved us, he wouldn't we would have taken us out of the world. That's that's sometimes the question I ask myself. Why why would Jesus allow me to remain in the world knowing that I will face persecution, knowing that I will face hardships? Actually, it's not just me who asked that. Job, Job Moses, um, Elijah, no? and there's another, more, another person who prayed that they would be taken out of the world. But God did not answer their prayers. Why? Because if they were taken out of the world, if we are taken out of the world, then the world would not have seen the power and grace of God to preserve us in the midst of trials. Let me repeat that. If God took them out of the world, if God took us out of the world, the world will not see the power of God's grace to preserve us in the midst of trials. We are in the world, but his desire for us is to be strengthened and protected in it so that his glory may be seen. Such a wonderful promise. That through us, mortal, broken beings, God's glory may be seen. And that is okay. Staying, remaining in the world is okay. Why? Because of the one who is keeping us. Because of the one who is protecting us. Even if we face danger every day, even as we walk through the valley of death, Every day, it's okay because God is our keeper and protector. Jesus prayed that he keep us in his name, in God's name. And then in verse 17, he prays that we may also be sanctified. Turn your Bibles with me to verse 17. Verse 17 says this, Sanctify them. (laughs) Sanctify them 
in the truth, your word is truth. To be sanctified is to be set apart for God's purpose. That's why we remain in the world. It is not our work. Sanctification is not our work. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. And you can see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Sanctification implies three things. And that is holiness, being set apart. And sometimes we stop. We stop stop in those two things. We stop. We think of sanctification as being holy and being set apart. Sometimes we forget the third implication that is to be used for God's purpose. But before we go there, I just want to answer this question. How are we to be sanctified? Have you ever wondered how are we being sanctified? And it says in verses 17, sanctify them in the truth. What is the truth? Your word is truth. Sanctification happens when we internalize the full truth of God's word. Not just half, not one-third, not 99%, but the full truth of God's word. This is not part of the message today, but an example would be our discussion during last Wednesday's online prayer meeting. Uh, And and I encourage you (coughs) to join us every Wednesday, 8 o'clock in the evening. We come online. Message me, message Dean. We come online on Google Meet. Just download the app and then we talk we, we talk about the Word of God and then we pray for each other and for the campus and for the church and for uh, for this nation and for our nation in the Philippines. But last Wednesday, actually, uh, we talked about two verses that's so difficult. We talked about Matthew 22:37 and um, Luke 6:27. no? Where it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all with all your soul and with all your mind. And but sometimes loving God to us is knowing just knowing about him. It it stays in our mind. You know, it doesn't move where in fact the verse says it starts with our heart, then our soul, and then with our mind. Another verse was Luke 6, it's Luke 627. But I say to you here. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. And and back to my point earlier, sanctification happens when you um, accept, right? Internalize the full truth of the Word of God. These two scriptures that are in front of you right now are very, very basic scriptures. Most of, most of us would have been very familiar with it growing up. So familiar that when we read it today, we just brush it off thinking that we are already applying it. But when we place these verses side by side, right, and start to allow the word of God, God to judge us, you know, submitting all areas of our life under his purifying fire, you know, I realize that I am not really faithful to God's word at all. I'm not. I'm really not. Sanctification happens when we internalize the full truth of God's word. Can you honestly say that you can love your enemies? Can you honestly say that you allow the word of God to penetrate your heart first before your mind? 
can you honestly say that you do good, you do good without um, sacrificially, without anything in return to those who hate you? Can you honestly say that you bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you? The Word of God is like food. You can chew on it all day. You can savor the taste of it all day. But until you swallow and allow it to nourish and strengthen your body, you will never benefit from the Word of God. We accept God's Word not just by reading it, but by trusting it and obeying it. John 15.3 tells that just as that true sanctification comes through the Word of God, and as you love the word, the word more, as you love the word more, you will love sinless. Not you will be sinless, but you will love sinless. Because as you love God more, you will want to serve Him more and become a blessing to others. All of all of this begins when you allow the Word of God. To penetrate and transform not just an area of your life, not just your pockets, not just the way you speak or the way you talk, not just the way you conduct yourself. But if you allow the word of God to penetrate and transform every area of your life, it is not enough to study and learn doctrine and truth. We get excited in that. We get excited knowing about doctrine. We get excited about knowing truth. We get excited in that. But it's not just about that. If we love Christ, we will also love his mission. Verse 18 says this, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. With God's protection and sanctification, Jesus is sending us out into a mission. Like what I said earlier, to be sanctified implies three things. Holiness, being set apart, and being set for God's use. Here we are right now, but are we allowing God to use us? Are we allowing our lives to be seen by others? Are we sharing how we have been transformed to others? Are we sharing the good news to others? Some of you would ask me, how then are we to be sent to the world? How are we being sent to the world? How are we to be sent to the world? And the answer to that would be to think about how Jesus came. Think about how he came. Jesus did not come as a conqueror, even if he was mightier than all rulers in the past and today combined. He did not use military might to conquer the world. Even if he's the most powerful person, he can command one angel, just one angel, and all of us will be all of his enemies will just fall to destruction. But Jesus did not come as a conqueror, a military conqueror like that. Jesus did not come as an inventor or a philosopher, even if he was wiser than any man who ever lived, isn't it? He did not come as that. He did not come as a financial expert. He did not come as as a as a as a uh, uh, an inventor who, who will make everything, uh, all of life easy. Rather, he came to teach. He came to teach that God is good. 
Rather, he came to live among us. He lived on earth. He experienced hunger. He experienced pain. He know what he knows what everyone is going through. Jesus came and lived among us. Jesus came to suffer and pay for our sins. He even came to save mankind. My question for you today is this. Have we served anyone lately? And not just a normal kind of service, but have you served, have we served anyone sacrificially lately without anything in return? Do we find pride in what we learned? Did we encourage a brother or a sister lately? If we are being sent into the world, we are being sent to encourage the world to follow Christ. But have we done that lately? Did we share God's word to someone who really needed to hear it? Or are we staying in our comfort zone because we did not do not want to be to feel rejection have you shared the gospel to someone lately or are you still in your comfort zone this morning god is saying go out i am protecting you i am sustaining you i am sanctifying you for a mission did we bless our communities today late did we bless our friends today we are being blessed to become a blessing. Have we stepped out to places that are beyond our comfort? I was joking with Jean and, and Anthony yesterday. I said, I don't have any sense of taste and I don't have any sense of smell. Maybe I can go out and join our friends who eat spicy food because I really don't like spicy food. But I realize that because God is sustaining me and God is protecting me and God is sanctifying me, I can do that even when I am not sick. Have you led someone to Christ this year? Hard questions. We're almost, we're starting the third month of the year and have we already taken the time out of our very busy schedules have we taken the time to go out of our comfort zone to meet and engage someone and share the gospel to him? Have we? Church friends to abiding Christ means trusting and obeying his word and continuing his mission. If we choose to abide in Christ, we must trust and obey his word. But it doesn't stop there. We continue his mission. We have to be reminded that we are protected. We are being sanctified and we are being sent on a mission. Before we end, I'd like to ask this question. Are you willing to be part of God's mission? His mission to reconcile creation. Are you willing? Are you willing? Yes, should be our answer. We should be willing because we have experienced firsthand how good Christ is, how loving he is, and how faithful he is. And at the same breath, in the same breath, we are also seeing how people in the world need him today.
So if you are willing to be part of that mission, I'd like to ask you to join me in prayer. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we, we just thank you today for reminding us, Lord, that you have our protection, you have our joy in mind, and that you are continuously protecting us, Lord, from the world that we are in. Father, we are not of the world, but we are in it. And because we are in it, Lord, we come to your presence right now, Lord, and ask for your grace and for your mercy. Ask for your strength, Lord. May you sustain us, Father, as we go into the mission of spreading your good news to the ends of the earth. Father, I know that, Lord God, some of us, including me, Lord God, have not been faithful, Lord God, to your word. And Father, right now, Lord God, we just ask for forgiveness. Father, forgive us for not trusting and obeying your word. Father, forgive us for not putting our full faith on your word. And Father, right now, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you give us the grace to accept your word in full and allow it, Lord, to penetrate every area of our lives. Father, your, your word, Lord, is sweet in the mouth and bitter in our stomach. Yet, Father, we ask, Lord, that by your grace, Lord, we are able to swallow your word. Father, and as we swallow your word, Father, I pray, Lord God, that Lord God, you, you, you give us the heart, Lord, to surrender everything to you. Lord, you are our Lord King, you are our Lord, you are our Savior. And Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you just, Lord God, penetrate every area of our lives, Lord, so that your glory, Lord God, may shine through us. Lord, we surrender our lives to you. Use our lives, Lord, as a demonstration, Lord God, of your goodness. And Father, we ask, Lord, that you give us the boldness, Lord God, to preach your word. Father, some of us are sick right now, and I just pray, Father, for healing to flow, Lord God, from their heads to their toes. Father, I pray, Lord God, that they will be, Lord God, protected, Lord God, from anything, Lord God, that is happening right now. Father, I pray, Lord God, for everyone who are with us, even today, Father, we ask, Lord, that you protect us, Lord God, from your from the virus, Lord God, that is spreading. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that even as we quarantine, Father, we pray, Lord God, that we experience you afresh, Lord, and anew. Father, thank you so much for the preaching of your word today. Be magnified and be glorified in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.